was a dancer, performer, speaker, and they shot her. They shot her like multiple times. It's been more than three years since a young transgender woman was gunned down in the city of Buffalo. It just so happened to uh, coincide with a lot of news reports about the number of transgender individuals being murdered in this country. After all this time, her family is longing for closure. Then I got this loud banging on the door. It was so loud, it scared me. I'm like, oh my God, who's banging like that? What makes this harder is that nobody seems to know what happened. I would need an eyewitness to come forward. There, there was a homicide four days earlier. Later on, it was found out it was due to a murder. Tanya had witnessed a murder. This is Unsolved, true crime in Western New York. Welcome to Unsolved, true crime in Western New York where we dive deep into cold cases and unsolved crime in the Western New York region. I'm Leanne Stuck. And I'm Amanda Berg. If you've been following along for the past few weeks, you know that we work for WGRZ in Buffalo. I produce the late night news and Leanne is a reporter. Every week, Amanda and I are gonna dissect a specific unsolved crime, speak with the people who were directly affected by them in their quest for justice. We wanna tell your stories. Western New Yorkers who are still searching for answers. Amanda, this is the case that first brought us together to start Unsolved. Do you remember coming to my desk and telling me that you wanted to do a story about the Tiny Harvey case? Leanne, I'll never forget that. I mean, I was newer. I kind of knew you had Unsolved, but I didn't know a lot about it. I knew that it was kind of on pause for the pandemic. You made a comment about wanting to turn it into a podcast, and I was like, oh, (laughs) I love podcasts. I love crime podcasts. I would love to make a podcast because that is something that I have a background in is audio work, and it was just, as you've said in the past, a match made in heaven. I know this is actually a very good case and I know how passionate this family is about getting the word out and trying to get this case solved. So, I mean, I know that you are all about the details. So talk to us about some of the details of this case. It happened on February 8th in 2018. It was about 530 in the evening. Tanya Harvey was walking in her neighborhood on Shepherd Street in the city of Buffalo when she was shot multiple times. Now, we talked with her family, and they described her as a very creative person, someone always writing, modeling, very interested in fashion and doing pageants, and loved by everybody who knew her. We also want to mention a very important key fact in this case is that Tanya was a transgender woman. Yeah, and it's also really important to understand what was happening in the world at the time that she was murdered. At this time in the United States, crimes against transgender people were on the rise. But as the Erie County District Attorney tells us, this case was not found to be a hate crime. He also said that there are no known eyewitnesses in this murder, which makes it really difficult to solve. So, Leanne, there's no eyewitnesses. We know that there's not a ton of leads now. Why did somebody kill Tanya Harvey? The DA says there could be multiple different motives in this case. The strongest one is that just four days before she was killed, Tanya may have witnessed someone else getting killed. And Leanne, um, I think that was really one of the details that both 
of us were just really, really surprised by. I mean, we talked with Tanya's mother and one of her friends before we got the chance to talk to the district attorney. And that wasn't a really a detail that we noticed in any of the coverage when we were looking it up. And when her mom said that, I think both of our hearts just dropped. I remember stopping her after she'd completed her thought and saying, I'm sorry, can we go back for a second? Did you just say that you believe that Tanya witnessed a murder? And she had clarified and explained. And when I heard it from her and then I heard it confirmed from the district attorney, it really hit both of us because it was a key element of this case that we did not know about. Right. And Leanne, we're going to get more into it. We're going to hear from all of them. Um, But there's something that we kind of want to talk about before we get into it, right? Um, It's a pretty heavy case. All of the cases that we talk about are extremely emotional, really hard to process, right? I mean, we're talking about a murder. But this one, we wanted to add a little extra disclaimer, if you will, um, that not only are we going to talk about the murder, but we're going to talk about a crime against a Black transgender woman. And if you've paid attention to the news in the past year, that's something that um, has really been shared. And there's been a lot of people trying to bring that attention into the spotlight. Yeah. And as we get into this episode, we'll talk about how women of color and women who identify as LGBTQ continue to face violence and murder. We want to acknowledge that these conversations are tough to have and could impact the way you feel. Right. And at the end of the episode, I've put together some resources. So in case these topics stir up any emotions, maybe you're just looking for somebody to talk to. Maybe you want to read more. We're going to have all of that on WGRZ.com with the rest of our unsolved content. Absolutely. Great resources for us to share, especially given this episode. So with that said, there are many twists and turns to this case and a lot to get through. But first, let's just start at the beginning. Tanya, oh my God, was outgoing, very outgoing. Um, She was a dancer, performer, speaker, uh, writer. She liked to model. She liked to make clothes and outfit out of anything. Uh, So yeah, very friendly uh, person, very friendly person. My baby. She was also a very active person in the LGBT community. Um, performing and uh, performing in several shows and fundraisers for uh, different uh, charities within the LGBT community. And as her mother said, well, well loved and liked by everyone. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about what she liked to do in an, an average day, what some of her hobbies were, some of the things that brought her joy, things she did with her friends, just a little bit more about her personality. Well, she loved family. My baby loved family. Uh, And when she had her first uh, niece, that was all it took. Uh, So yeah, she was a family person, loved her grandmother. She was a grandbaby too. So she loved her grandmother, both of them. One is gone now. Um, On an average day, uh, she would try to do different designs and prepare for shows and prepare the outfits for the different shows because she would enter different pageants and different stuff as, of that nature. Um, be with her friends, um, travel. Uh, yeah, it's a lot I didn't know about. I mean, 
I think my child started traveling out at about ooh, 20, about 20 years old. And um, she'd go to different areas, New York, uh, Atlanta, uh, California, and uh, do different shows and different pageants and stuff like that. Tanya was better known to her family as Boo. She had just turned 37 on January 28th, nine days before she was killed. It was on a Tuesday, February 6, 2018. I had did a double. Uh, I worked 16 straight hours is what the double is. So I came home and was excited to get home. It was very cold outside, I remember. So watching a program on television and I was thinking about Tanya. Um, the episode was about this guy who promotes makeup. And I was saying, oh, Boo could do that. I says, I know Boo could do that and get, you know, uh, be outstanding doing it. Then the next thing, the episode came on where it said, how do you know you're surrounded by angels? I mean, I wasn't looking at that. That came on the television. It got into six different ideas of how you know that you, you have angels around you. Then I got this loud banging on the door. It was so loud, it scared me. I'm like, oh my God, who's banging like that? Cause I got angry. I'm like, who dare come to the door banging like that? And I looked out the door, it was my son. Um, his mom let me in. When he got in, he asked me to sit down and I'm like, no, you sit down. And why are you banging at the door like that? And uh, he says, mom, you need to sit down. I wouldn't sit down because I'm a stubborn mother like that. I don't let my kids tell me what to do. And uh, he said, uh, they killed him. I said, killed who? He said, boo, because we call, the family called Tanya boo. And I just immediately fell out. I said, well, and cry for I don't know how long. And then I was like, well, it's not true. How do we know? Did you see him? He says, no. But I guess they went by the different markings and tattoos that Boo had uh, on her body and stuff. But I didn't believe it until I actually saw uh, Boo and I didn't get a chance to see Boo right away. It's nothing like you see on TV that you go downtown and identify the body and this and that. I didn't get a chance to see Boo to like maybe five or six days after the murder. Um, they got Boo to the funeral home and got her cleaned up and this and that. And that's when I got a chance to first see that that was my child. There are still so many questions surrounding her death. To this day, there are still several different motives circulating around Tanya's neighborhood. And those range from Tanya's known struggles with drug use to her gender identity, and even to rumors much darker. Supposedly, they thought it was due to a transgender, being transgender that she was killed. Mm -hmm. Later on, it was found out it was due to a murder. Uh, Tanya had witnessed a murder. And the people that we've, talked to said that these people kept feeding Tanya drugs and being the person that Tanya is very loving kind beautiful person that didn't stop drugs didn't change that what she witnessed she couldn't get out of her mind um so she kept talking about it people keep feeding her she kept talking about it 
eventually they called a hit and uh, she came outside to go to the store and I wasn't there, I don't know, but they're saying a few guys was there and they heard her holler and scream and then they shot her. They shot her like about six, multiple times, multiple times, various places in the head, in the back, in the butt. Uh, as a mom, I vision that she must have been trying to run. That's why they got her in the butt because I can't imagine that they shot her in the head first and then turned her around and shot her in the butt. Mm -hmm. So my vision as a mom is that that's what she must, when the scream, she must, because they said, she says, I don't have your money. I don't have your stuff. And uh, they must have did that. Tanya's case is being investigated by the Erie County District Attorney, John Flynn. D.A. Flynn made it clear he is not buying into any of the rumors, but they are something he is extremely aware of. As of this point right here, um, some three years and two months later, um, we have no information that anyone witnessed the homicide. So no eyewitness has ever come forward. Again, that could be because there is no eyewitness. Um, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know that. But if there was an eyewitness and there, if there is an eyewitness, uh, no one has come forward uh, in that regard. The everyone who's come forward are basically individuals who heard a rumor on the street. Uh, they heard a rumor in the neighborhood. They heard a rumor amongst her friends and associates. And so basically we have a case where we have a very active rumor mill. Uh, unfortunately, I can't go forward on a rumor mill. Um, I need concrete, solid evidence. And at this point, uh, I have none. Uh, I, I don't have um, really anything close to being solid, concrete evidence, unfortunately. Um, I just have a lot of rumors. And there are many rumors regarding uh, the motive of this homicide. There, there is one rumor that I'm willing to talk about, though. Um, there, there was a homicide four days earlier that's still unsolved. On, on February 4th of 2018, again, four days before her homicide, uh, there was a homicide at 134 Wick Street, W-I-C-K, Wick Street, in the city of Buffalo. Um, a Douglas Pedro Johnson was the victim of that homicide. Uh, it was um, uh, Mr. Johnson was rumored uh, to be a doorman for a drug house uh, in the city of Buffalo. I don't know whether that's true or not, but that, that's just, a, again, that's just information that I have, is that the victim of that homicide four days earlier was a doorman at some drug house in the city of Buffalo. There, um, there's talk on the street that Tanya Harvey knew something about that homicide. And um, now again, I, I don't know whether, uh, I, I don't have any concrete evidence whether she witnessed it 
or heard about it or was at a drug house or whatever. Okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about that. Um, I'll just say that, um, that the word is and the information that I have is that she had information and I'll leave it at that information about that homicide. And then she was murdered four days afterward. Um, I don't have any solid concrete evidence that that's why she was killed. Um, I don't know that uh, as I sit here now, three years later, but I, I did, I do, you know, we do have that information. And when we spoke to Tanya's mother, we also talked to her friend, a local transgender activist, Ari Moore. There was never any animosity toward time. Um, in fact, some of the, what we call old, old timers or old heads down there that frequent the street said, oh, they, would nick they nicknamed her Freckles. There goes Freckles. Oh my goodness, okay, God, God help her, take somebody take care of her. And um, just that type of, of, of um, attitude, uh, once again, uh, to just to say, she wasn't the type of person that did wrong to, to people, you know? And, and that's what makes it so, so uh, heart-wrenching. When Tani was first killed, We've read that there were a lot of questions as to whether or not this was a hate crime because Tanya was transgender. Her story gained a lot of national attention from different news outlets. The group Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, better known as GLAD, and the Human Rights Campaign, or HRC, also covered the case. So, um, Leanne, just to put that into perspective, if they noticed something, you know, that kind of happened in Buffalo, and it was covered by them, that's a pretty big deal. And as Flynn mentioned earlier, there were a lot of motives. There were a lot of reasons and a lot of things that have been brought up to him that could have been reasons why this happened. And even if it was not ruled a hate crime, um, that really, it didn't make things any easier for anybody in Buffalo or across the country who's part of the LGBTQ community. It's difficult enough for a trans person just to step out the door every day and face the public and society. Then when it's uh, evident that uh, true harm and murder has come, and this is systemic throughout the country, that uh, trans people are seen as easy targets. Uh, they're uh, what we're, uh, with some of the talks and lectures that I do, uh, to fight the stigmatization of not only trans individuals, but those that deal with us, that it's uh, not a negative stigma to be seen or to uh, encounter or either just be a friend. And there's so much more than just this, this small interview to go into the, the issues uh, that not only Tanya faced, but the rest of her community faces, um, that yes, that would take up a whole hour. <laughs> I give the, uh, the uh, district attorney Kudos for having 
the uh, the gumptions to uh, uh, in the investigation say it, call it out as a hate crime. This conversation goes way beyond Tanya Harvey. We are focusing on her case for this episode because it's something that happened in Buffalo, and that is where Leanne and I work and are from. But we both want to know and we both want to acknowledge and remember that this is a problem, not even just in Western New York, but also across the whole country. Yeah, DA Flynn had said, based on the numbers here locally in Buffalo and in Western New York, we aren't seeing a big spike in the murders of transgender women, but nationwide, he still sees cause for concern. The average of, of, of transgender homicides nationwide was, um, you know, about 22 in, you know, in, in the five years from 2015 through 2019. Uh, in 2020, there was 44. Uh, it doubled in one year. And the majority of those homicides are, like I said, women of color, African-American and Hispanic women. And um, when I see those numbers double in one year from 19 to 20, uh, that, you know, that, that as a district attorney, just generally, okay, that I'm very concerned by that. Uh, so far this year in 2021, we're already at 15 in the first three months and three weeks now, um, okay? So, you know, 15 is not a good number. That, that's on track uh, to surpass uh, 44, especially when you factor in that the majority of the homicides nationwide and the city of Buffalo take place in the summer months. So I am very concerned by uh, the nationwide trend here of uh, the numbers of transgender individuals, um, especially women of color, uh, getting murdered. I want to assure the family and friends of Ms. Harvey uh, and the LBGT community, okay, that I have not forgot about this. I take this extremely seriously um, and I will not stop uh, until we bring uh, to justice the individual or individuals uh, who committed this atrocious crime. Obviously, ending the violence is so important, but to the everyday person, um, what is something that they can do or what are things that they can do to be better allies and to really um, maybe educate themselves or just be better people and more welcoming in our community and just make our community more inviting for LGBT people? Uh, well, first we start with the home. As I've told uh, many parents at um, um, at uh, um, youth, gay, lesbian youth uh, organizations, GLIS and uh, uh, like that. First, they're your child, your son, your daughter, your, your, your baby. Love them, love them. It might be uh, uh, putting, into a different mindset or a uh, uh, social family construct uh, differently, but love has to be the base of all of this. Yes. Uh, then you're asking about being an ally. Being an ally sometimes means no, nothing more than just being a friend. Mm -hmm. If you're not certain how a person identifies, just 
politely asked them, just as you would ask the person, oh, what's your name? What, uh, what do you like being called? How do you, how do you uh, want to be addressed? And that's a very simple, straightforward thing. Um, we live in a society that is becoming more and more diverse. Acceptance mm -hmm. is the first thing. Teach our children from a very young age as we teach people of different races. We teach our kids of different colors and races. Well, teach the children that we have different people in it and they're not different because we're all the same, but I may be black. This one may be white. This one may be Indian. This one may be a girl. This one may be trans. Let's start teaching our children so it don't look like it's just such a something from somewhere we don't know about. Mm -hmm. If we make it part of our daily life of loving and accepting one another and raise our children that way, because we all are here. And we all need to learn to get along in spite of what we think about each other. We all need to learn to get along. And I think we'll have a better place. I know we'll have a better place. Those were some powerful words from Tanya's mom. Having her recall the moment that she had found out when Tanya was murdered, it still brought tears back to her eyes, just relaying it to us. And I cannot even imagine the pain that she goes through every day, knowing that her daughter was murdered and that the person who did it has not been held responsible for it. And Ari brought up a really good point, Leanne, that I just want to bring up one more time. Um, just because this case was not technically found to be a hate crime doesn't make that any easier for anybody else. And it doesn't erase the fact that Tanya was a transgender woman and if you're listening and you either want to read a little bit more about the lgbtq community because you don't know as much about it that's totally okay or maybe these conversations have brought up some emotions um very understandable so here are some resources these are primarily based out of western new york um I will link some national resources on our website as well um, but just, you know, because we are a local podcast and focusing on local people in our community, um, here are the names of a few organizations um, you can reach out to or go to their website um, to kind of start that process. We have the Western New York Pride Center, the MOCA Center, Evergreen Health it works with both of those places and has their own array of services in this whole area. We have Spectrum Transgender Group of Western New York. Gay and Lesbian Youth Services, which is also known as GLIS. And then also, I'm just going to share the National Alliance on Mental Health Crisis Services number, because that'll work for anywhere, if you're listening to us from far away or if you're down the street. And that is 800-950-6264. Yes, all of that will be up on our website, too, um, with this podcast link. And as we told you earlier, this case is still unsolved has been for three years. And as you heard DA Flynn say, it's so important for somebody to come forward with any bit of information to try and help solve this case. 
to try and help solve it for Tanya, for Tanya's family, even the smallest piece of information can help. For this case specifically, you're asked to contact the Buffalo Police Confidential Tip Line. It's 716-847-2255. You can also contact the Erie County District Attorney's Office directly. And like this episode, we plan to continue to update and expand on Western New York unsolved cases and bring you new stories every week of Western New Yorkers searching for justice. Let us know what you think. Head over to Twitter. That's the best place to interact with us. You can send us a message or just tweet at us. I'm at Amanda underscore Berg 16. And I'm at Leanne Stuck. Let us know what you think. What did you think of today's episode? What would you like us to do in the future? And as always, thank you for joining us. Join us again next week for another episode of Unsolved True Crime in Western New York.